Welcome back to This Week in Film. It's a weekly podcast where we we talk about the movies we've seen over the past seven days. I'm Nick Panonto, joined as always by Midwest Matt Lauer. Matt, how is it going? It's going all right, Nick. How are you? I'm doing great. I've seen a couple of movies and uh, I'm planning on talking about them. That's a good idea. I saw one movie. I also plan on talking about it. Okay. Right. Uh, what what movie did you see? I saw Shazam. Oh, you did? I did. Oh, I haven't seen it yet. Uh, I watched Lone Wolf McQuaid from 1983. Never heard. And I don't expect you to. And uh, and I watched the Lego Movie Two, the second part from 2019. Um, do you want to start with uh, Shazam? I'm dying to hear about it. Sure. Yeah, I can. I can do that. Um, and of course, you know, I'm sure big ticket will be excited. That comes with the preview corner. All right. Um, and let's see. So, all right. So first in preview corner, there was a preview for a movie I called con artist women, but is actually called the hustle. Uh, and it stars Anne Hathaway and rebel Wilson as the fat girl. Cause you got lots of jokes about that throughout the preview. Um, looks like a movie where Anne Hathaway is a pretty professional con woman and rebel Wilson is being taken under her wing in a way to learn how, um, Oh, you know what? I saw a trailer for this and it looks like a, a remake of dirty rotten scoundrels. You know, that's a movie I've never seen. Oh, it's pretty good. It's not uh, great, but it's pretty good. Yeah. I just remember commercials for it where, uh, seems like uh Steve Martin pees his pants. Yeah, that part's very funny. No, well, that's that's the part I know. Yeah. Um this movie does I don't know. It looks like it could be funny, but it also looks like it like seriously half the jokes were hey look, she's fat. Um and I don't find that particularly entertaining. I mean, there's no. probably a good joke here or there that might make people laugh, but I don't know how many times I can see someone just like, quote unquote, do something fat and laugh at it. (laughs) Um, Then I saw a preview for a movie called My Spy. Have you heard of this? I have not. Okay. So it's it's Dave Bautista, right? That plays the green guy in uh, Guardians? No. Oh, who is it? What's his name? I mean, you're right. It's Dave Bautista, but he plays like the gray and red guy. He plays Drax the Destroyer. He's not green? No, Gamora is green. I thought he was green, too. All right, well, anyway, he's <laughs> in this, and he is uh, what must be a CIA agent. Um, and the girl from uh, Flight of the Concords and The Daily Show. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she's in it, too. And it's a movie in which Dave Bautista is, he ends up, needing to teach a little girl how to be a spy or a CIA agent. And much to my surprise, it looks pretty funny. Like I'm actually interested in seeing this movie. Yeah. Okay. He, he, in a way he, he sort of plays a similar character. He doesn't seem like he's like, uh, quite so out of touch with like social norms as in guardians, but he's still got this sort of like, flat affect you know just like his responses to things are very dry um 
it looks pretty funny. Okay. So yeah, so my spy. Um then I saw another preview for Dora the Explorer and uh I just uh, you know, the only note I have here is very chai monkey, which again is supposed to be CGI, but my phone just keeps turning it into chai. <laughs> and man is that monkey CGI. Yeah. Uh yeah. Um and then uh I saw a preview for the new Men in Black movie. There's a new Men in Black? Oh yeah. Yeah, there's a new Men in Black movie starring um I believe it's the young lady who was in Thor Ragnarok. Uh you know the one who's like she's drinking Valkyrie? Yeah. Yeah. Um so she's in it and so is uh Thor as a matter of fact, Chris Hemsworth. No way. Yeah, and uh it looks like shit. Um they eh, well I don't know. I mean, you might enjoy it, but it just, the preview had nothing to offer it. it seriously, there were, I think they might've tried to throw a joke in there, but mm-hmm. it, I felt like I was just watching them go, Hey, look, these aliens are in this movie again. Hey, look, they have that tiny gun. That's uh, I don't know, noisy cricket or whatever it's called. Yeah. Um, and that's it. It just looks like they wanted to say, here's men in black. Or at least the things that are in Men in Black, except for the, you know, charismatic characters, um, again. And but, I, uh, I like that actress, and I like Chris Hemsworth, but there was nothing, just nothing in this preview to say. Really, this movie has anything to offer. Seriously, I had no idea. And even the appearance of it, like the, you would think that the special effects have really improved over the last couple decades, but doesn't even look that much better. I mean, I, I, it's been a while since I've seen Men in Black, so I might say, no, they're they're really bad in the original. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But they're not looking that great here. So, yeah. So there's Men did in you Black. Ever, did you ever see the third one? I'm not sure I ever saw the second one. The second one was awful. The second one was so bad, I never saw the third one. Oh, well, then, yes. I think I did see the second one because I remember being angry. Because and I did enjoy point, the first one, so yeah. At one point, Michael Jackson's in it, and they refer to him as being an alien. And oh, I did see that. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty terrible. Yeah. So yeah, I never bothered seeing the third one. That's for sure. Yeah, I didn't. I heard it was okay, but uh, I just never felt inclined to watch it. The first one's terrific. It was fun at the time. I I I, yeah. I got to say, I can't imagine watching it now. But I don't know. Maybe it's still fun. Um. Then I saw a preview again for Dark Phoenix, oh. and boy, Jennifer Lawrence just does not give a fuck. She's just like <laughs> she's like talking to the I don't know the girl that can't act, and she's like, "You don't have to do this." <laughs> I'm no. sick of wearing this blue makeup. No kidding. I'm like, look, they don't have you squeezing into that outfit anymore. Just like wake up at least. <laughs> you know? like, yeah, she seemed like she got a hangover on the set. Uh, saw another Disney, like since since Disney took over Fox, they're basically saying they're going to put the X Men on ice for like a few years. Good, uh, and then introduce them into the MCU. Oh, so we'll see how that works. But this is definitely like th- it's definitely going to be a bad movie because there is no talk of continuing the X Men after mm-hmm. this movie. Yeah, I don't know what I think of that idea because like I, to my understanding, the x-men have crossed over into other parts of the marvel universe but i really think of them as their own 
separate thing. Mm-hmm. And I, I think I like it that way. I, I don't, I don't really feel like uh, Spider-Man and the X-Men live in the same universe. You know what I mean? Sure. It, it just doesn't um, seem right to me. I could see it if they, if they do like more small scale stuff, mm-hmm. like, uh, like the mutants in the MCU are these, uh, like they're very few and far between, which is why like getting them together, like the X-Men together is like a huge, a huge deal. Like, cause you have a team of them and they go around and fight other mutants, but like the world at large is kind of aware of it, but not really knowing about it. That's the only way I could see it working huh. is like, it's kind of like a shadow team. See, now I feel like, I, I don't know. You might've just like uh, reverse put a head on what like the, the, the ideas that doesn't fit for me there. Cause I feel like with Spider-Man they're rare. And then in the X-Men universe, it just feels like mutants are everywhere. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. But then again, I've never read Marvel comics. So this is all just the feel of things from the movies for me. So I don't know. Yeah. And it'd be interesting to see what they do with it. Yeah. Like when it comes to the X-Men, sometimes I feel like there aren't any, normal humans <laughs> like it's yeah that's like, that's one of the problems i have with the x-men movies is that it's there's so many mutants yeah like wow the only person i can think of who wasn't a mutant was the senator who got turned into a mutant yeah um, <laughs> the water man yeah <laughs> um, i did i did see another preview for secret life of pets uh-huh. uh the rabbit was dressed as a superhero You know, they they actually, I saw something, I think it was written on the screen. It was like, for more character trailers. And I was like, oh, these things have a name. It's character trailers. (laughs) It it, it struck me because I was like, um, I I was thinking during the preview, I was like, I feel like these Secret Life of Pet trailers are kind of interesting because they are just showcasing one character at a time or some sort of like thing that doesn't seem like it's a scene from the movie per se. And yeah. so when I saw that that was there at the end, I was like, Oh, okay. All right. I get what's, what's happening here. Um, I don't want to see the movie, but whatever. Um, saw another preview for Godzilla. St- still think there's something weird about like the people in these Godzilla trailers, just talking about Godzilla and the other monsters it's it's like a human hubris kind of thing where they're like, are they here to save us or destroy us? Which ones are here to save us? I'm like, man, these monsters might have nothing to do with you. You know, like, like what if they just really didn't give a fuck about the humans at all? It's yeah. just monsters living on a planet and they're fighting because yeah. they're running across each other. It's like a, a bee doesn't really care about a human. Right. Unless the human attacks it. Right. Yeah. You know, like, like it's just going about its business and you happen to be in the way. Yeah. The existence of other creatures, you know, maybe this gets into some like religious stuff, but I'm like the existence of other creatures may really have nothing to do with humans, by yeah. the way, you know? Yeah. So anyway, but I, I still can't wait to see it. That's, that's like, that's like my, that's like the same problem. I think we both have with the Transformers movies is that they have to involve people. Right. Yeah, and I'm like, I don't have a problem with them, you know, people being destroyed or being scared or whatever, but it's like... Or being a part of the story, but they don't have to be the central... About it. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't have to be about people. Yeah. 
So, uh, yeah. Yeah. But again, still looking forward to it. Can't wait to see it. Um, with the caveat there that I, I'm, I, I still am aware I may be grossly disappointed. <laughs> um, and then I saw a preview for the detective Pikachu movie. Um, and I hate to admit it, but like this movie, it gets my interest more each time. Yeah. So I'm actually, I'll probably be seeing that in the theater. Yeah. I saw yeah. a new, a new trailer for it yesterday. Like, I guess it's a TV commercial, but it was like a minute long and it was, uh, I guess like the Pikachu's or not the Pikachu's the um what are they called? Uh what are the animals called? Uh video- Pokémon's. Pokémon, yeah. It was like the Pokémon all auditioning to be in the movie, but it it was really just a chance to show off how great the CGI looks. And uh it looks great. Like the the animals look cartoonish but real enough. Yeah, the texture's real. Yeah. And uh I'm I'm pretty psyched about it. I'm going to take my son to go see it because he likes Pokemon. Yeah. And uh, I think we'll have a good time, which is all you can really hope for. Yeah, it does. It does really look like a, a movie that probably bridges the gap pretty well for kids and adults. Yeah. I mean, I, I've said it before, but I, I was never into Pokemon when right. I was younger. Like my brother was really into it and he seems a little indifferent about this movie, but he doesn't like to watch trailers and stuff. So He's a little weird about it, hmm. but, um, he doesn't like, uh, he doesn't like to gather expectations for something because if he's disappointed, the disappointment is that much greater. Hey, I don't blame him on that. Yeah. So like the worst thing you can do is, is, is talk about something around him that he doesn't seen because he gets, he's like, Oh no, now I'm getting expectations. <laughs> so that's a fun game. <laughs> well, um, just tell him it looks awful, but he should go anyway. Yeah. Uh, all right. So, uh, so that's it for the previews. Um, all right. Brought to you by the big ticket. So yeah. So Shazam. Shazam. Um. All right. Let's see. So I I think I can get through this without really spoiling anything because it's not okay. a very heavy plot movie. Sure. Um. <clears throat> I guess synopsis wise. Okay. There's a kid who um, gets the ability to turn into a adult shaped superhero and Mm -hmm. he's an orphan and he's being brought into right before he gets his powers. He's being brought into a uh, group home. That's got a very nice family vibe to it. It's, it's actually, it's kind of the unsung star of the movie in my opinion is this house like not the building, but like the family of kids and parents that are in it. Like this foster home's really cool. Um, it may be a little idealized, but it's, uh, it's cool. And, um, so throughout the movie, he gets his powers and then there's a bad guy. And I guess you could kind of guess that just from the fact that it's a superhero movie. Right. The bad guy, let's see how much to share about that. He has evil things within him. I'll just leave it at that. Okay. Um, And he's trying to get Shazam more or less to get more power. Um, He's trying to capture him or he, he's basically trying to 
hunt him down to steal power from him. Okay. In a way. Um, and yeah, so that's about it. Uh, as far as the plot goes, um, man, where to start? Uh, well, let's start with a movie. Yeah. Did you, uh, did you like it? Like it. That's where I was going. Okay. Um, so (laughs) since our instincts align, we'll go with that. Um, it was all right. Um, there's, there's fun in it. Um, but I think, and I mean, some of the moments are like, they're, they're the moments that are funny are pretty funny. Like I, I don't, I wouldn't say that I had a huge laugh out loud moment, but my laughs were more audible than like a, you know, it's like, (laughs) that's pretty funny. Okay. Um, but the characters are, uh, the main characters, so the, the, the main kid, Billy, the main uh, foster brother that's his question mark friend, um, and the main bad guy, who is played by Mark Strong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and apparently that guy's name is Mark Strong. The I was guy? Yeah. I was sitting there throughout the whole movie going, what is his name? And I kept thinking John Turturro, and I was like, no, he's not John Turturro. He's that other guy. But what is his name? And then I looked it up, and I was like, Mark Strong. Man, that didn't, that didn't even cross my mind. <laughs> like that's just, yeah. I thought his name was something with like five syllables. Um, yeah, well, one, he's British, so he should have an uh, elegant name. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, Mark Strong. Um None of the it three like a wrestler. It does. None of the three of the main characters were were very interesting to me. Um the guy who plays adult Shazam like when he's turned into the superhero. Uh-huh. Uh the actor's fine. Shazam himself is I don't know, not that interesting. The the look of him is weird. I I guess the actor isn't like a super jacked guy. Mhm. And this movie's kind of it's it's very cartoony and over the top. It's kind of like what Aquaman wants to be, yeah. Except still not as good as it should be. Um, so part of that is the way this guy looks, and it it just looks like he's wearing a padded uniform, like a padded costume, like you would see if you were walking up and down like outside Man Chinese Man's Chinese Theater in L.A. You, know, you see, like, someone who's in, like, a Hulk costume, and it's all puffy and whatnot. Right. That's this outfit. It it, it just... It doesn't, he doesn't really f- fill it out naturally? Not at all. Mm. Not at all. Like, it, it's weird. He looks puffy. Um, and the muscles don't move. So, like, if he moves his arm, the bicep doesn't contract. It's just... They're looking puffy. Right. Um, so, anyway... Okay. The, but the, the, the I'm gonna just talk like this the rest of the time. Um, they're they're kind of annoying, and like the main kid is basically okay. So you you remember the cartoon Aladdin, right? Yeah, you know how, how Aladdin's kind of a I don't know whiny bitch, a little bit, yeah, and he's kind of a prick. Mm-hmm. And he's sort of likable, but pretty in, pretty entitled. Yeah, and he's kind of annoying like that. Okay. So, yeah, and then the other kid who's, like, the main kid's, I don't know. Uh, 
he just, I don't know. They're they're both kind of whiny. And I guess, you know, like my girlfriend said at some point, she's like, yeah, they're like 15 year old boys. And I was like, yeah, well, I found it annoying. So, <laughs> so there's that. And there are a lot of weird moments in this movie where you're like, it's, they're just like weird choices. And, and, and Corinne and I kept like giving each other looks whenever one of these things would happen. So for instance, when he goes into this foster house, uh, the his new foster sister is on the phone. Um, and it seems like she's just having a conversation with any old person. And she's like, oh, yeah, this one kid's getting annoying over here, whatever. And then all of a sudden, she's answering an interview question. Like a college is on the phone interviewing her. And it's like, wait, what? <laughs> it, it almost seems like she had put the phone down and then it rang and she answered the phone and instantly was like, oh, one of my favorite things about school is such and such. And you're like, what is going on here? They're like yeah. in the middle of sitting down to dinner and this is happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, there's another point where <laughs> the, the second kid, like he sits down with his lunch as though he just got it from the line, you know, in high school mm-hmm. and literally stands up and throws it away. Like, it's just weird. Like there's this weird continuity stuff that doesn't make sense. Um, and there was a third thing that happened and we couldn't remember what it was. I was like, what was the other thing? Cause we both looked at each other. Like, why would that happen? Just, it seemed like it had no reason. So as you're watching it, um, just, I don't even think I need to say pay attention. You'll probably, cause I'm noticing these continuity things. I don't pay attention for that stuff too much, but they like, yeah. They're weird. It's just, just like, out of place. Odd. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know what one of the other things was. And they do this a lot in the movie. Every t- He turns into Shazam like 50 times. Uh-huh. And it seems like, I don't know, every other time they're like, look, he's Shazam. And I'm like, yeah, I know. That's not new. <laughs> like, it's mm-hmm. not unusual. Um, And there's definitely a moment where the music and... and everything kind of swells in this one moment. It's like very kind of hit you in the face. Like, why are they doing that? Uh What's what's the point? Um, So it's it's weird. It's weird. Um, And overall, there's a lot of it's pretty forced, but with it being kind of over the top, like I said, like kind of like what Aquaman wanted to be, um, it's, it doesn't take away from it too much. But like, there's one point where the, the the one kid refers to the other kid as his best friend, and I'm like, wait a minute, they've known each other for probably about forty hours now. Oh, really? Okay. And they don't really even like each other all the time. It's 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 strange. Um, but I don't think it'll stop you from enjoying it. Um, I will mm-hmm. say this, and, and maybe this is a final note, unless you have any specific questions. Um. If you're thinking about taking Alex to see it, you probably shouldn't. Okay. Um, it's a PG movie, I think, but it, it really ought to be PG-13. Um, I mean, it, it's not like it's anywhere near R, but like for for people who care about cursing, there's a fair amount of cursing in it. But more I'm thinking in terms of like little kids, yeah. some of the evil stuff is pretty, pretty horrific imagery. And if he's not like not getting through Jurassic Park too well. It might be a bit much because the director is actually a horror director. 
Um, really? And in those moments, it's pretty, it's pretty intense. Okay. So yeah. Uh, and overall I would say like in terms of like recommend or not recommend, I think you'll definitely enjoy it. Um, you probably won't find the kids as annoying as I do. Um, and I think most people will probably enjoy it. So it's like a, it's a non-enthusiastic recommend on my part. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's better than you thought it was going to be. Uh, it's about what I thought it was going to be. Uh, does it take place? Does it take place in the greater DC universe? Like, do they reference Aquaman or anything oh, like that? Oh, yeah. Really? Okay. It's definitely in the greater DC universe. Um, there are, there are a lot of little references. Um, and then there, there are some like, uh, post credit scenes and stuff too. And there are some references in there. So, okay. Yeah. Uh, did you have to stay all the way to the end of the credits? Yeah. 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 Okay. All right. Well, that's good to know. Um, so with so many of these comic book movies, I don't know if I'm supposed to leave or not. Like with glass, I just kept expecting there to be another post credit scene. So uh, I stayed the whole time and I, and there's nothing. And I was uh, pretty annoyed. See, I stayed the whole time expecting a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, so how does, how does he get his powers? Like from what I gather from the trailer, he's like in Antarctica or something. And he runs into Dij- Dijmon Usen. I don't really know how to say that guy's name. Um, who who is apparently able to appear in any Marvel or DC movie he wants? Because <laughs> um, he's in like he's in he's in like two or three different Marvel movies as two or three different characters. Really? Yeah, he's in he's in the first Guardians of the Galaxy movie. Right. He's, and he's uh, got blue eyes, right? I like think glowing so. blue eyes. Yeah, but he gets he gets killed or something by Star Lord. Uh huh. And then. Uh, and then he's in Captain Marvel. He's like one of the people on in Captain Marvel's team, uh, her her Kree team. He's oh, one of those guys. Okay. Um. Uh, what was your question? Oh, he 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 gets there kind of like through. It's just sort of a transport kind of thing. Uh huh. Yeah. It's just like hey, uh, uh, here you are just doing nothing, and then all of a sudden you're transported to this place where the guy's like, are you capable of, you know, being the hero? Can you love? Something like that. Yeah. 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 I never read any Shazam comics at all. I never read a Shazam comic, but he showed up in a couple, maybe like two or three different storylines. Mm-hmm. Um, in, you know, the Batman part, realm of the DC universe. Um, yeah. and when he pops up, it's always really weird or I can't, I guess I can say always, but when he does, it's weird. It's like, he seems yeah. out of place. Um, and I guess I could say that from seeing the movie, I was thinking about this this morning. I was like, well, if he were to pop up now, I think. I think after seeing the movie, I'm like, I think I'd be a little more comfortable with him showing up, but mm-hmm. he would have to be kind of childlike. And I don't feel like when he's popped up, he has been. And maybe yeah. that's the thing, because when he's popping up outside of his own comics, I don't think you see the kid version of him much. So yeah. it seems more like a grown man who turns into a kid than a kid who gets 
who has superpowers and turns into a man. And I think from, from seeing this, it's a little bit more that direction where it's like, Oh, you know, like yeah, Peter Parker's this kid who gets powers. It feels a little bit more right. Um, and I will say to the actor's credit, I don't think he and the kid actually mesh up very well. Like he has this whole different attitude. Like when he's a kid, he's got this chip on his shoulder and when he's not, he's just a goofy goofball. Um, but the actor who's the adult actor does play childlike pretty well. So, you know, he can give him credit for that, I guess. Okay. All right. Well, I can't wait to see it. Uh, maybe, I, I think maybe I'll pleased. go tomorrow or something if it's rainy. I don't know what the weather is supposed to be. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I've been looking forward to it. So um, It's better than Aquaman. Do you think yeah, a few things aren't? Um, yeah. Do you, uh, having the flu? Do um do you think he's too old, the kid? Like, because from what I gather in a comic book, he's supposed to be like eleven or twelve, and like the difference between a fifteen-year-old and like a twenty-five-year-old is huge, but not as huge as if he was like twelve. Um, if uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think he's too old because there's. There's nothing very much implied to that, that he'd be like, like, there's not a, there's a little bit of reference to like, you know, finding women attractive, but it's very minimal. So he still feels like he's, he's maybe a little mischievous, but it still feels like he's like maybe 13, Uh not quite like, not quite, you know, like, like 15 doesn't feel too far from 17. Right. This this kid does feel pretty far from that. Okay. All right. That's cool. Oh, there, there's one scene that I, it, at the time it didn't quite register for me. Like there was some part of my brain that's like, that's weird. Um, but it's that all of these kids are at the same school. And one of them's applying for college. And the other one's probably eight. <laughs> that's odd and this is they're all these kids live with one foster family yeah there are like six kids in the foster house that seems like too many yeah well the the foster parents uh do say that they were both foster kids when they were young so it's and if, actually at some point they do refer to it as a group home that they're running so it's okay. i mean it just looks like a house but it, yeah. it it works. It works. And the, okay. the other kids that are in the house are actually better characters. They're they're more likable and interesting than the main people. Uh-huh. And the movie's a little long. So here's this is another Shazam thing. Like the only real story I think I've read with Shazam is the Kingdom Come storyline. Uh-huh. Did you ever read that? No. Where they're all old. Uh, all the DC characters are old uh-huh. and like Superman like lives on some farm in the Arctic or whatever. Like it's like him and wonder woman and Batman is like crazy old and he lives in this exoskeleton. Wait, Superman suit. and wonder woman live together in this. I think so. Uh, I don't like it. <laughs> um, but uh, the, the arts by Alex Ross, which is just oh, always gorgeous. Yeah. And, um, and I feel like Shazam is, and I'm trying to remember, but I'm pretty sure Shaz- Shazam shows up and he's like mind controlled by somebody and he keeps saying Shazam and the lightning bolts come down or something while he's fighting Superman. Uh 
when this kid grows up, does he turn into the older version of himself or is he the same age? Yeah. Like when he's, when he turns 25, is he just going to look like Shazam? I don't know. And, and the other question is when he's 35, when he says Shazam, will he, will he turn into, yeah, will he turn into a younger version? Because that's a movie uh, I want a piece of. <laughs> you know, it's still like a geriatric guy, like turning <laughs> all young. Why would he ever un-Shazam himself? Right, exactly. Yeah. I, I, I actually, I, Shazam! That's one, one problem I think I've always had with the idea of Shazam is where I'm like, why would he ever not be Shazam? Right. And and here it sort of works. I think that helps a bit too cuz you're like, "Oh yeah, he does have some reason, a little bit of reason." And I guess by the end of the movie it's like clearer, but some right. reason to want to live this like teenager life. But yeah, that's all I got. Okay. Well, great. Well, I can't wait to see it. Enjoy. Uh then that brings us up to the next movie in our discussion, would you rather hear about Lone Wolf McQuaid or the Lego movie too? Uh, and I'll tell you what, here's a little, little tip. Lone Wolf McQuaid stars Chuck Norris and David Carradine. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say, let's go with Lego movie two first. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so we watched this today. Actually, it was, uh, me and my, my son and my daughter and we watched it and, uh, it was pretty Okay. Yeah. It was uh it wasn't great. It wasn't bad by any means. But um it was pretty okay. Um uh, I think you you mentioned it when you when you discussed the movie. Oh, also we've both seen the Lego movie too. So we're going to spoil it. And uh so spoiler alert for the Lego movie too. Um I didn't I didn't like how much of the plot revolved around the real world actions of the characters. Uh-huh. Um like has it like it I guess this movie takes place 5 years after the first one. Uh has it been 5 years since that first Lego movie? Um well, let's see. I was working at the hospital. So it's been at least like 4. Really? Yeah, probably it is. But did this movie you know take what? place it, it 5 has, years after? It, I thought it was like the next day. No, it's 5 years later. Cuz at it the is, end of the first movie he says, "Now you got to play with your sister." Right, and that's what leads to the uh, the Lego post-apocalyptic oh, right. world. It's five years like of apocalypse. Five years of like things getting built up and broken down, and like that's the world they live in. Right. Um, but the first Lego movie came out in 2014. Wow, that was a long time ago. Yeah. Same year as the first Guardians. Huh. Um, so yeah, this movie takes place five years after the events of the Lego movie one, and it's basically the story of... Uh, uh, the, 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 the housing for the story is a brother and sister, a uh, brother who's like 10 or 11, 12 has a younger sister who grew up playing with Duplo or whatever. Yeah. And she slowly collects her own Lego collection, like girl Lego stuff. And uh, basically the two of them are fighting over which toys they're playing with. And the yeah. Legos are kind of caught in the middle of it. And they're trying to stop something called arm, arm Armageddon. Yeah. Which they say way too many times. Yep. And, um, it, it, uh, our mom is basically their mom finally having 
having had enough of the the fighting over the Legos and putting and having them throw them into storage, basically. Yeah. Um, I feel like what they wanted to do is she would say, we're throwing the Legos away, but like, because it's a Lego movie, they're not going to throw them away. Uh-huh. Uh, they just put them in the boxes, but like, that's the, that's what I thought was going to be the, 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 our Armageddon was throwing them away, not just putting them away. So, <laughs> right. And so I was, uh, I was a little disappointed that they weren't, uh, I, I feel like that was like a production note is, well, we can't throw away Legos. That's not how we make money. Kids save Legos and get more of them. Um, this movie was directed by Mike Mitchell, but the writers were Phil Lord and Chris Miller who wrote and directed the first one. I didn't realize that they were part of the writing team. And uh, they, you they, can f- they phoned it in on this one. Yeah, it it's not bad, but it's there's like a lot of a lot of puns yeah. that are bad. <laughs> there are a lot of bad puns, like and and I love a bad pun, but like there's just so many of them that it just doesn't work. It I just can't feels kind of lazy. A, a lot of it feels lazy, and a lot of it feels forced. Um, but, uh, I, I will admit that I started getting a little choked up when I figured out like what was happening with the two kids where like the little girl just wanted to play with her big brother mm-hmm. and the brother was like, you know, stop playing with my Legos because I hear that every day <laughs> in my, in my world. Um, cause my son is six and my Jill daughter won't is, play, Jill won't let sorry. me play with my goddamn Legos. And, uh, no, my son and my daughter, they, uh. They they fight over Legos because my son has his stuff set up and my daughter has her own little collection of Duplos. Right. And she wants to play with him, but he doesn't want to play with her. And it's like heartbreaking sometimes. And uh, and then when they do play together, it's it's the opposite of heartbreaking. And uh, and so like you see these two kids fighting over these toys and you're like, just play together. And then like the whole plot of the movie. Oh, yeah. It gets really really weird with the the chris pratt the rex danger vest vest character yeah um i really don't know what what to make of that part of the story where like time travel becomes involved Mm -hmm. and all that stuff like the the outside world outside of the the lego characters themselves plays such a huge role in this movie that that i don't even really understand what the what the real plot of the movie was like in yeah. the first one in the first one, you don't even realize that you're watching toys until the end of the movie. And then after the movie's over, looking back, you can, you can, you realize what's what, what you just watched and you're like, Oh, okay. They were, they were, it was this little kid playing with his toys the whole time. Right. And, and this one is like, you're jumping from like, is it the little boy's perspective? Is it the little girl's perspective? Is it the Lego's perspective? And now we have this Lego character who's from the future. Yeah, you've got a lot more time and, and instances to sit and go like, wait, how is this working? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like, especially the, the sequences where where he gets lost, like they lose him under the dryer. Yeah. And, and they come to life like they... Right, they start, they start moving, moving themselves around. around in the real world. In the real world, yeah, and it's like, is this really happening, or is it just the kid imagining it still? So, there's there's a lot of things like that where where the story just doesn't really work, or it's not as cute as the movie thinks it is. Yeah, but um, 
but but overall it was okay uh i liked it there were a couple of really funny parts the, that, uh, that the everything isn't awesome or uh-huh. everything's not awesome yeah that was my favorite part of the whole movie <laughs> i liked um i liked some of the songs you were saying that you didn't really care for most of the songs i didn't care for most of the stuff that the what's it called anything i want to be or something like that the, yeah something like that yeah. the, the whatever i want to be yeah i didn't i didn't dig on those songs at all i liked uh, her songs i was i was into it it was then, kind of funny the the idea of where she's like singing about not being evil mm-hmm. and it's it's all irony that was kind of funny yeah um but, but like again you're not like the movie has to tell you that they're not bad guys mm-hmm. like like the movie literally tells you Oh, you're not the bad guy. Well, then who's the bad guy? And you're like, and then the movie goes, this is the bad guy. And you're like, oh, okay. So all of the time we just spent with the, with the, with the sister's toys was just a waste of time, really. Yeah. So like, you feel a little cheated watching it, I guess. And I mean, it's a movie like, I mean, the audience is for kids. And uh, I think you said when you saw it, that the the audience for the first movie was more geared towards adults with kids in mind. And I think I agree. Like this movie was more for kids with adults in mind. Yeah. Yeah. It's it. Yeah. I, I, I agree with me and you. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's definitely worth checking out. Um, like up until when Chris Pratt, when the Rex danger vest guy becomes a villain, I was really into that character. Um, like when, when basically he just describes like at one point he just describes Chris Pratt's acting career where he's like, I went from being, I went to being having a baby fat to being a huge beefcake and, and I got some cheekbones and some stubble. And I'm like, that's exactly like what Chris Pratt did. Like he was like a big, he was like a big fat guy on uh parks and rec. And then yeah. Marvel picked him up and he turned into a huge beefcake when he, with a beard and all. So like, I like Chris Pratt a lot. Um, I'm getting tired but, of Chris Pratt. <laughs> I'm not. Um, I wish I didn't have to hear about his personal life all the time, but like, as far as his acting goes, I'm, I'm on board. Uh-huh. But um, like, I guess he's like a crazy Jesus guy. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, you know, he doesn't seem to let it affect his work or whatever, but I don't want to hear about it. So, <laughs> um, but uh yeah i thought he did a good job i liked elizabeth banks i i'd like i kind of liked the will arnett batman i i did enjoy elizabeth banks where i i i don't necessarily want to spin off with that character uh but i feel like she is a better character and they can do better humor stuff when she's the one talking Mm -hmm. the uh it also yeah, the Will Arnett, like all of the other characters from the first bat yeah. or for the first Lego movie, like it felt like they had to cram them all in. Oh, that spaceship guy. Just shut yeah. up. Like uh I really like him and I really like the actor Charlie Day, but like he didn't need to be in this one really. Like it was funny in the first one, but like this one not so much. I like the Justice League stuff in this one. I thought that was pretty funny. Um Oh, I don't even remember that. Cuz uh Channing Tatum and Jonah Hill are Superman and Green Lantern. Uh-huh. And uh and they're very funny. I think those two are great. Um like the Superman the Justice League goes off to fight the sister 
but they never come back. And then Chris Pratt finds them and they're all covered in glitter, but they're living a happy life. Uh And, and like the, the, you're supposed to think, Oh, they've been brainwashed into liking this, but in actuality, they're just having a good time. So like we're wasting time here. So the story, the story is really lacking, but some of the humor bits are, are really good. Um, there's a, there's a few really funny moments here and there, but, uh, but overall, I'd I'd give it a a recommend. Okay. It was I think I liked it better than the Batman Lego Movie. Uh, really? Yeah, I think so. Hmm. I think I did. That uh, that I liked, surprised I think, me a bit. I think mostly because of the the subplot with the or subplot or main plot. I'm not entirely sure of the. Uh, the relationship with the brother and sister fighting over their toys because I'm living that every day. And, uh, and I was like, Oh, this is, this is sweet. Just get along with each other and and be quiet. Your dad's just trying to watch TV. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, maybe, maybe the bat one, Batman one speaks to me more. Cause I, I live with being Batman every day. Oh no. I did it (laughs) again. Don't worry. I'll edit that out. I'll edit that out. Just like the other time. And um, the Batman yeah. one, I remember being a bit long, but I think oh, yeah, I enjoyed that's, uh, the humor a lot more. That's um, this movie was way too long. Oh, like, I think it's God, just yeah. it's just under an hour and fifty, and it could have easily been a, a quick ninety minutes. If if you cut out, yeah, if you cut out about twenty five minutes worth of unnecessary repetitive jokes and yeah. just stuff that called back to the first one, you'd have mm-hmm. a way better movie. Yeah, I agree with that. And I don't know why they don't. Like, what is so bad about having a movie be 90 minutes long? I don't know. I think it's great when a movie's 90 minutes long. Yeah, or did did editors just, like, there's something going on in the editor world. I don't know. They don't want to do their job. Maybe it has something to do with when it goes on TV, they can put more commercials in it. Probably. Yeah, it's probably got something to do with just ways to squeeze more money out of it. Yeah. But I think it's expensive to make. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know what? That's a good point. The movie's expensive to make and they already made it. So you're 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 gonna cut out all this CGI animation that costs ten million dollars? No, we're gonna leave it in. Edit it at the script level. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Thank you. Um <laughs> all right. Well that was the Lego movie too. Um <laughs> If you want to hear other things that Matt thought about it, you can go back and find that other episode when we talked about it. Uh, and then that yeah, brings be, me... Be ready for some less good audio quality. <laughs> uh, that brings me to 1983's Lone Wolf McQuaid. Good God. That has a fake sounding name. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's directed by Steve Carver, and it stars Chuck Norris and David Carradine and the guy who played Chakotay on Star Trek Voyager, Robert Beltran. Um, where to begin with this movie? Where to begin? Um, let, me, let me just read the synopsis from the IMDb page. Uh, so, well, before I do that, so Chuck Norris plays a Texas Ranger, which is totally out, out of his uh, character type. And... Uh, so he it says after helping the local police force with some horse thieves a texas ranger 
aims at a drug lord with arms trade as well. They're both interested in the same woman, and they're both into martial arts. That's kind of what the movie is about. So the movie starts off. The movie starts off with like I guess I thought we were in Mexico, but it turns out to just be I guess South Texas, and these horse thieves are stealing horses, and the police show up. But the police are so inept that it it makes it seem like they're they're supposed to be Mexican police, like the the way that they're depicted is like they just they just come up from around the hill and they're like hey you guys are under arrest and then they get like taken captive and kurt or kurt Kurt russell oh it wishes chuck norris the world's (laughs) chuck norris is the world's most un uncompassionate person that's not the right word uh he shows charismatic uncharismatic thank you so kurt russell yeah He's the opposite of Kurt Russell. The guy has no charisma. He's got no... What was the word you just gave me? Charismatic? Yeah. It's the same thing. He, it is. Um, yeah. He's just so boring on screen when he's not fighting. When he's fighting, he kind of comes alive. But like for the most part, it's just a lot of him staring dead-faced at things. And so he sees these cops get captured. And he, he shakes his head like, ah, stupid cops. And he's he's got a sniper rifle, and he shoots something and blows it up with the sniper rifle and announces himself to the horse thieves and says, I'm a Texas Ranger. It's me, J.J. McQuaid. And the horse thieves are like, oh, no, it's J.J. McQuaid. And the head horse thief guy says, well, you better come down here, J.J. McQuaid, or I'm going to shoot all these hostage cops. And... Chuck Norris goes, well, all right. And he stands up and puts his gun down and he's up on a cliff and he stands up and the, the horse thieves, one of them pulls out an Uzi because it's a Chuck Norris movie. Everyone has Uzis Ah. and just starts spraying the cliffside with, with bullets. He doesn't duck at all. He, he doesn't move. He doesn't flinch. He doesn't go, oh, maybe one of these bullets is going to, you know, hit my leg, chest, or head because I'm, I'm sorry. standing straight up. Does he have an Australian accent in this movie? No. <laughs> okay, then. Because well, for a moment you were like, maybe I should duck and get out of the way of these bullets. <laughs> uh, that's, just my, that's just my real voice. Well, it looks through. like they're shooting at me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, crikey that will oh man if this movie starred uh who's crocodile dundee uh paul newman <laughs> i'm just kidding um i don't know what paul, is paul hogan is that it? paul, paul hogan, hogan there we go <laughs> yeah. yeah better movie if paul hogan was was in it gotcha um so so chuck i keep wanting to say kurt russell chuck norris stands up these oozy bullets just hit the cliff face below him and he goes all right, I'll come down. <laughs> so he comes down, he comes down unarmed uh-huh. and they come up to him and they go, we're going to teach you a lesson. And he says, okay. And then one of them gets a little too close and he punches him, steals the Uzi and then shoots everyone. And then the head, the head horse thief guy's like, oh man, don't shoot me. Don't shoot me. And then Chuck Norris just kicks him right in the face and knocks out his teeth. And he's like, and I guess Chuck Norris also did this to this guy's father. 
And so he's like, like father, like son. And then he like leaves. And one of the cops that he rescues is Chakotay from Voyager. And Chuck Norris like sets him free. And the guy's like, oh, thanks so much for rescuing us. He's like a little kid, but he's a grown man. And Chuck Norris is like, whatever. And he takes this guy to jail, I guess. And then he has to go to the re- a retirement ceremony for this one actor who, let's see if I can pull his name up here. Uh, what's his name? You LQ Jones. He plays a character named Dakota. If you saw this guy, you would recognize him because he looks like every cowboy mm. ever. Okay. And he's retiring from the Texas Rangers and Chuck Norris shows up all dirty and disgusting. Cause he just killed a bunch of people and he sits down while this guy gets his gold watch for his 30 years of service. And, Chuck Norris goes up to him afterwards and he's like, here's a beer that I brought. Uh, you can, you can drink it while I also drink one. And then the captain of the Texas Rangers comes over and says, come see me in my office. And they're like, Ooh, you got to go to his office. And then basically um, that Chakotay from Voyager gets assigned to be his partner. Wait, are we at the beginning of the movie still? Oh yeah. Nick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know. Right. So, scene two. <laughs> good God. Man, it's a good thing we're doing this one last. Well, that's how the movie starts, because uh, the movie's called Lone Wolf McQuaid, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, he's not that's alone. The, that's the only mission that he goes off on his own, alone on. Uh, like, when the captain tells him that Chakotay is his new partner, he's like, I don't want a partner. I'm and he leaves. Wolf. He's like, I don't, I don't work well with others. Is his name Wade? Yeah. Okay. And he says, I don't work well with others. And Chakotay's like, well, you're going to, you're going to work with me because the captain says it's my job now. And then reluctantly he goes, okay. And then he's just part of his team. And then here's where David Carradine shows up. So Chuck Norris has this daughter who, um, is, is, She's got to be. It's not. It's not. Chuck Norris has a daughter. Chuck Norris has this daughter. <laughs> yeah, this daughter is, I think, supposed to be thirteen, fourteen, or fifteen years old. Uh-huh. And the actress playing her has got to be pushing thirty. <laughs> and and so she's like, she does that. Th- like he goes to visit her at her mom's house. And she does that thing where she's like, Daddy, you're here, which is always uncomfortable. And she does that and, thing where she's like filling out her 401k. Yeah. <laughs> and so her her mom is there. And I guess that it just seems like he's she's just this woman that Chuck Norris knocked up like they weren't married or anything. And, but they have this great relationship and she tells Chuck Norris, Oh, by the way, we're, we're going to be moving to a different part of the state because I got a job. And Chuck Norris is like, what do you mean you're moving? You can't move. We'll talk about this later. And, and then the girl's boyfriend shows up uh-huh. and he's got this sports car and she's like, Hey, my daddy's here we're, he's going to take me horseback riding. And the guy's like, Oh, okay. Well, it was a pleasure to meet you, Chuck Norris. And the guy goes, and Chuck Norris is like, it was a pleasure to meet you too, Bobby. And and he just gets back in his car and leaves. He came all the way over to her house and he just and he, and he just leaves. And then the next scene is they're at like a horse track. 
And I don't understand how perhaps Texas is, is a different place, you know, and maybe that's where you go to go horseback riding. Is that a horse track? But I don't, it doesn't seem natural uh, to I me. I feel like horseback riding usually happens somewhere out in nature. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's where they are. They're at this horse track. There's tons of people are, are around the retired Texas Ranger guy is there and he's like in charge of the daughter's horse for some reason. Uh-huh. And, and he goes to put her on the horse and he goes, now this horse got a little Mustang in him. He could spook real easily. You sure you're up for this? And she's <laughs> so like, he shouts in its ear. <laughs> and she goes, she's like, yeah, I can handle it. I'm a great rider. She's and she gets on the horse and then just kind of sits on it for a while. Meanwhile, uh, Chuck Norris and the Texas Ranger guy talk about this woman who rides past, who's also on a horse. And she's like a real hot, hot lady. And they're like, oh, yeah, she's, she's, miss. no, she's, she looks pretty great. I guess she was in a Bond movie. Uh, what's her name? Uh, and uh, she, she's walking by Barbara Carrera is her name. And she's riding by and they're, and they both like ogle her and say, well, you know, she's recently widowed. And they're like, well, it's a shame that that fine fruit is rotting on the vine. And then a car backfires. And and it spooks the daughter's horse, and she and the horse just starts running away, and the girl's like totally out of control. And then the Barbara Carrera actress, she's on her horse, she she chases down the girl to save her. But meanwhile, Chuck Norris is just wind sprinting behind the horse. <laughs> he's just <laughs> he's just running full sprint behind the horse and keeping up with it. Like like if this woman didn't stop her horse. I have a feeling the movie would have had Chuck Norris outrun a horse in order to save his daughter. Uh-huh. And so the the woman the woman rescues the daughter and she introduces herself to Chuck Norris and instantly they're in love. Even though like the the sexual tension is just palpable. Uh-huh. And then David Carradine shows up because he's also in this movie. And he is some kind of drug dealer slash arms salesman or whatever. And it doesn't really matter. Like every scene he's in, he kind of has a, has more, more jobs. And he comes up to uh, Chuck Norris and Barbara Carrera. And he says, Oh, I see you have found my woman. And, and uh, you know, later today I'm giving a karate demonstration. I hear you're very good at karate. And Chuck Norris says, yeah, I can hold my own, but I don't fight for fun. I fight for real. And uh, David Carradine is like, all right, well, I'll be beating the shit out of some guys later. And then the next scene is David Carradine just beating up guys in a, in a ring, like karate, a karate exhibition. And he's just beating the crap out of these guys. And then the immediate next scene is like a, a, a banquet. It's still daytime. Everyone is wearing different clothes, including Chuck Norris and the the Texas Ranger guy. Everyone has changed clothes and they're all gathered around to have a good time. And a big fight breaks out because I don't remember. And Chuck Norris gets to use some of his karate and then him and David Carradine stare each other down. And then there's like a whole other movie that happens. <laughs> and that's as, that's as far as I'm going to go into the plot. of this. Okay. And, uh, but like the movie is so ridiculous. It's so asinine and so stupid. And I loved it. I loved every second of it. 
it was it was so bad but it's like it was like a good bad chuck norris movie the guy is just terrible like i just don't understand why he was so popular and david carradine is also terrible Uh like like he's just the worst and uh apparently david carradine and chuck norris don't care for each other or didn't because david carradine's dead and uh and uh and they they didn't get along and they they fought on the set and um it was in David Carradine's contract that he could not lose a fight, like a hand-to-hand martial arts fight. Uh-huh. And so at the end of the movie, they have their big fight, and it's kind of a stalemate. And he like runs away, and Chuck Norris grabs a grenade and throws it at him, and the grenade goes off. And David Carradine must be standing next to a house full of TNT, because the house just explodes explodes like it explodes so big because of this grenade and that's how he defeats david carradine because david carradine's contract said he couldn't lose a fist fight it's uh it's wild it was it was pretty fun like i it's a total recommend check it out because it's it's so stupid (laughs) it's so stupid (laughs) oh i loved it I see. And now I, I don't think I've ever seen a Chuck Norris movie. Uh huh. And I just have no interest in ever seeing one. Yeah. There's nothing it's, appealing about that guy. There's nothing appealing yeah. about him when he, when he's fighting, it's pretty good. And you can see, like, you can kind of see like why he was popular. Like he's really cut and he's like really quick and his Kung Fu is, is good. Um, but like, uh, as you may know, I've been reading comic books and um, th- there's an, there's a comic book called masters of Kung Fu. Yeah. And it's like a magazine. And within this magazine, uh, like for months, months on end, they go back and forth between Chuck Norris and David Carradine because they're like the only, they're like the only white guy Kung Fu, Kung Fu stars. Yeah. And if you're not Bruce Lee, who's the most popular, well, we need a white guy in there because we can't we can't possibly promote a different Asian guy. So so it's either Bruce Lee, it's either Bruce Lee, David Carradine, or Chuck Norris. And Bruce Lee's dead, so it's one of these two guys. And apparently Bruce Lee was supposed to be in this movie, but he died. Uh, and uh but yeah, it's it's pretty wild. I would I would recommend checking it out. It's like a quick ninety minutes, I think, or maybe like one forty five, but it goes by like like so fast. There's this movie and Delta Force. I think are really the only the only ones I've seen. Delta Force is great because he rides a motorcycle that shoots rockets. All right. So there's that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So that brings us to the part of the show where we add to our movie rankings list. Uh-huh. So Matt, you've seen one movie this week yes where is it gonna go on your list boy i this is a one of these moments where i'm like this list is jacked up (laughs) yeah (laughs) because it really needs to go above above the movie vice but Uh what what i'm realizing as i look at this list is i put the movie vice way too high Uh um so i'm gonna put shazam i'm gonna pretend vice isn't on the list and go ahead and put shazam between Dragons 3 and Abducted in Plain Sight. Okay. Shazam! And I'll give it three stars. Three stars. Like, I'd really and do, like, 
two and three quarters, but you know, whatever. <laughs> and would you say you liked it? Uh, yeah, I'll give it a thumbs up. Okay. That's a big Mild. why. This is week 111 of the big show. All right. Now it's my turn. And I watched the Lego movie too. And I was looking at this list when I was waiting to talk to you. And I decided to put Lego movie two below. See, I'm, I'm still torn. Like I'd want to put it between teen Titans, go to the movies and between Ralph breaks the internet, but I don't think it was better than Ralph breaks the internet. I wish I put right. teen Titans, go to the movies higher. Because yeah. I think about that movie all the time. Uh, so I'm going to put it below wreck it Ralph two into mm-hmm. the new number 26 spot between Ralph breaks the internet and justice league dark, which is quickly becoming a, where all of my animated films are going. Lego. I'm surprised it's that close to the Ralph breaks the internet one. Cause it seemed like you liked that more. I mean, you did put it above it. So I guess it makes sense. Yeah. It's I'm kind of happy with where I put the record Ralph two movie. Yeah. But I'm only going to give this movie two and a half stars. Okay. Um, it wasn't bad, but uh, you know, uh, and I will say I, I liked it. I would give it a recommend. So there's a, uh, there's that. All right. Uh, and then I watched, now this one is even tougher to place because it was bad, but I enjoyed the hell out of it. So mm-hmm. where do I put that on the list? And I'm going to have to put it above Venom um, and below the Grinch in the new number 38. I'm sorry, the new number 39 spot. Wolf McQuaid. Wow, it auto-corrected that. On one... One and I'm gonna give this movie two stars. <laughs> Actually, I'm gonna give this movie one and a half stars. <laughs> one and a half stars, but I did like it. So there's that. I would I would say check it out. Um, one thing I'm noticing with the list. Oh, I hit fifty movies. Um, one thing I'm noticing with the list is that I've got like these marker movies where I'm like, is it better than Venom? Is it better than Aquaman? Is it better than Teen Titans? You know, like, yeah, like, yeah. like I, I feel like I'm not ranking these movies. Like the list is becoming an entity unto itself. What a journey we're on. What a journey. Well, Matt, do you have anything? To, <laughs> <laughs> do you have anything to plug this week? Um, you know, for those folks out there into the whole comics thing, if you happen to be on Instagram, um, there's a let me see, make sure I get this right. I think it's called traveling nerd, but maybe it's called the traveling nerd. Um, it's not a bad source to have in your Instagram feed to know like what's coming out when, and they recently did a sort of a, uh, like pitting comic book characters against each other into like a, um, like a bracket kind of thing, like who be two and, uh-huh. Yeah, it came down to Spider-Man versus Batman, and Spider-Man really? won, and to my surprise, uh, and kind of disappointment. But then again, I look at what Spider-Man stuff has been coming out lately, and I go, "Well, yeah, that's better than any of the Batman stuff that's been coming out lately." So fair enough. Yeah, yeah, that's okay. Um, I'm thinking it about to find it, so I'm gonna I'm gonna say it's called the Traveling Nerd, but 
Well, I've been thinking about creating a page on our website, thisweekinfilm.com, uh, called Matt Recommends, because you have a lot of plugs, and you plug a lot of like interesting shows or interesting Instagram places. Mm-hmm. So maybe we'll uh, we'll put that together where we can uh, little side note we can do that. Yeah. Uh, speaking of this week in film, I'm glad I brought that up. Um, the website has been totally redone. It's all finished. Uh, it's totally up to date. Uh, if you want to check it out, you can find us there, thisweekinfilm.com. And I guess if that's the end of the reel, we'll see you next week in film. See you then.